0: Hello, everybody. This is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs, and Johnny, we are talking Manhattan. We're doing it again. We're bringing it back. It's been a while, and what better way to start us back out than having the greatest of all time, Ryan Serhant?
1: Certainly, I mean, on, it's amazing. Ryan Surhan, founder CEO of Serhant. I'm sure you guys all know about that. They've got a clubhouse in Soho, soon to be expanding to Miami, the Hamptons, uh, pretty much they're coming to a galaxy near you. Best selling author and star of million dollar listing. I think we could just leave it there because that's quite enough.
0: Yeah. what's, and, going, I, on? what's going on, Ryan? And I, I like Ryan because I've known him a long, long time, but I like him because he he always tells it like it is. And and when we're coming to talk in Manhattan, um, this is about telling like it is. So so Ryan, let's just get right into it. First off, congratulations. You're you're growing your, your company here in incredible ways. Um, up to 150 agents are amazing. That's just incredible. Um, but let's just start out. These agents want to know what's going on, what's happening in the markets. Here we are post-recovery of COVID. Tell us what's happening.
2: A lot is going on. First, thanks for having me, guys. Um, uh, this is awesome. Last time we did this, I think it was like mid mid COVID. I was in a temporary office, um, you know, zooming in, and so it's nice that you know the world is you know basically back to normal, all things considered. Maybe some things with travel are not, some quarantines in some other countries, but for the most part, um, you know, we go about our daily lives kind of the way we used to, which is awesome. And I've got to say. There has never been a more exciting time to be in the real estate business anywhere in the world, um, including New York City, than right now. You know, I've never done deals uh, in my career where people were excited on both sides, you know, at all price points. It used to be that people would just purchase or sell homes based on life changes, babies, work, you know, anything. Now they're purchasing and selling homes because it's a good hedge against inflation because where are they gonna put their money? Because they've had a great year in the market. They need to diversify because they just want an extra bedroom or, hey, I'm gonna be working from home, let's do this. Or I need to sell, I'm moving to Wyoming. There's so many different things that are happening in life right now that are pushing people to sell and buy luxury real estate. And people really counted out Manhattan and the greater New York City. um, And they shouldn't have. You know, we started our business in the summer of 2020 when everyone counted it out. We rented our, our, our HQ, our headquarters, our first Sirhan House in the middle of Soho. And I took the building that was not covered in plywood from riots. And I just looked around and everyone said, oh, everything's dead. New York's dead. Everything's dead. And it's hard to believe that now, but I'm telling you, history you know, uh, is written in permanent ink on the internet. Go back in time, July, 2020, and see, people, we'll see what people were saying in August. Um, uh, you can never bet against New York. The market is moving rapid fire, right? $30 billion in deals done last year. I mean, it's just like, it's craziness. And there's more money out there to be spent on real estate than I think we even fathom. And keep in mind too, a lot of the transaction volume that's happening in 2020, 2021, and now into 2022 is significantly domestic. New York city is an international city. We haven't had an influx of foreign purchasers into New York city since Obama. So, right. right? Because after Obama, we had capital controls in China, Mm -hmm. right. We had Trump, uh, we had COVID and we had due to all of that, right. We had a real strengthening of the U S dollar, which made buying and selling in New York city, then kind of expensive. Um, uh, I remember when, Significant amount of my deals were Canadians and Australians and Chinese and Italians, and we just haven't had that in a long time. And so, if you think the New York City real estate market is hot right now, just wait till the rest of the world comes back. Yeah, and 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 I just
0: want to, I just want to, you know, jump on that, John, because we've been talking about that um, in meetings for for a long time right now that Manhattan is not not at full capacity right now we talked about with Jonathan Miller in that that, uh, um, last year's podcast and I totally agree with you and not only that we had we had the mansion tax we had rent regulations we had a lot of things going against this market right we were falling we were falling and we've been falling and you know when I look outside at all the other housing sectors it's been just going gangbusters over the last three years and we have not participated in that And you're right, because when the commercial sector gets online, the foreign foreigners get online, the investors get online, the students get online, where are we going to be?
2: We'll be back at the forefront. New York is still an amazing city. It is still an island. You can't go anywhere but up here. It is still an intellectual center of the earth right? It may not one day be the financial capital of the world the way it used to, the same way San Francisco might not be the tech center of the world the way it used to, because so many of those people have moved to Miami, right? So much of finance has moved to the cloud, you know, work from home. Some of the most successful finance people in the world now work from like Turks and Caicos. Um, uh, You know, they're not paying the tax to live in New York City and be on Wall Street, but that's okay. There's always a changing of the guard, right? There's always a changing of the guard and people always right. want to be in New York. And it's always a great place to store, to store value, right? To store, to store dollars um, and to own US dollars is in New York City real estate because over the history and course of time, it's proven to be one of the safest real estate investments you can make. There will always be new taxes. There will always be new regulation. There will always be crimes, high this year, low next year it just doesn't It doesn't change. Just look at the New York Times front page since like 1902. It's always the same. Nothing ever changes. Just the words <laughs> change a little bit, but history uh, always repeats itself and the market continues to go up. Um, right. When one person leaves New York City, another person decides this is the time I'm going to New York. And that's what's so amazing about New York City versus other cities, which can be very flash in the pan. It's hot for a moment and then it's not. Um, I do fear though about overtaxing right Overtaxation, kind of without representation kind of going back to um going back to our our ancestors know, that way
1: yeah,
2: yeah like it's uh, uh uh like there will come a time that is potentially a breaking point but i don't know if that's just going to be a new york thing or if that's a united states thing like remember right. the roman empire lasted a really really long time until it didn't
1: yeah. Well, let me, can I go back to what you're saying? Because I, I think you, you touched on buyer and seller sentiment, which is you know excitement across the board. But I wanted to just kind of drill in and see those different levels because it's probably not the same excitement from a buyer's point of view than it is from a seller's point of view. And I'm just wondering if you could elaborate a little bit there.
2: I mean, all the buyers we're working with are incredibly excited to buy and incredibly excited to move. And you have to understand a lot of them haven't bought since 2007. Like these are people that have been sitting on dollars and renting for the most part since pre-Lehman, because after Lehman, right? Lehman was a mortgage crisis, right? The Great Recession was kicked off because there was a pandemic in the purchasing process of homes. Took 12 years to get over that, but a long, long, long time. And so maybe people bought because they needed to, but they didn't upgrade because they wanted to. And so, like, we have excitement on the buy side in a way I've never seen before. We still have excitement on the sell side, but it's, th- there's more greed now, you know, which is something that we're starting to deal with. Whereas before, you know, the last 12 years of my entire career, working with sellers in New York City, you know, we the sellers were the most excited because, oh, my God, I actually got my home sold like it's, right. you know, average days on market for luxury property being over 400. Are you kidding right. me? I tell people that when I do speeches and meet agents all over the country who know million dollar listing. And they're like, what, what, but on TV, everything sells with a cupcake. Um, I'm like, yeah, not, not so much. You know, there are 10,000 apartments on the market, like at any given time, you know, there's, there's, there might be pockets of no supply Right. If you want an amazing four-bedroom with outdoor space and parking for 10 to 15 million dollars in the West Village, sounds like that's a lot of money. Good luck. Nothing. Not there. You want a townhouse in Brooklyn? Good luck. But if you want right. an apartment in New York City from one to five million dollars, you can look for a month. Like <laughs> there's just so much. Um and so, you know, the sellers now are getting a little greedy because they follow the media. They saw their friend go to a bidding war. They saw this. They saw that. And we're seeing price increases on top of price increases on top of price increases. So um, uh, they're different conversations. Like we actually have an uh, all-company meeting tomorrow, and that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about. Um, because, uh, too, like we, we use Urban Digs every day, right? And we use it Love for, it. obviously, Love for data right? You guys are the best. You have the data, you make it real. um, You make it easy to access and you make it uh, simple enough so that we can take complex data and be able to present it to our clients so that we can use what urban digs puts out uh, for us to do more business. You know, like that's, that's, that's like the deal that we have that way we can go sell more apartments to give you guys more data. Um, uh, You know, we like it's, it's, you know, we used to pre COVID meet with sellers, and discuss comps, right? You're never going to get this price because 25A and 22A, they've just both sold for this. And it's just, we're not going to get it. No one's going to pay it. Now, I talk about comps for maybe like 15 seconds. Now I talk about the comparable active market. That's right. our comp. Mm-hmm. What else are people seeing? What else is out there?
0: And that's what happens in these in these quickly changing markets. And I think I think right now, we're in a marketplace. I mean, if I had to define what, what's going on in Manhattan, um, we are in a tight inventory market that's that's slowly turning back up, but we're we're still very tight inventory. We're seeing above normal demand. Um, so that demand is fighting after the tight inventory. And over the last couple of months, when I'm looking at the the contract signed sales data, the most recent data I could look at, I am seeing a pop in prices. Yeah, and I see the luxury sector, the sector that you're in, has had a wonderful end to last year, and those are starting to close and that's now pushing yep. up your price per square foot and it's pushing yep. up your median sales price. And I'm wondering, you're saying that sellers are getting more optimistic. Sellers are yep. starting to raise their prices. Um, where do sellers think they are right now? If you had to put, I mean, do they think we're back at 2015, 16 um, or 14, 15 peak? I guess I should say 14, 15, or, or are they aware that the markets are still a little lower than that?
2: Um, sellers are, are, are knowledgeable. Um, but not fully informed. You know, there's a difference between knowledge and, and having all the information. Um, so they understand where we are. Uh, we are very, very clear with everybody that we are not at 2015 pricing, right? Um, we're, we're just not back there yet. Absorption is great, right? Transaction volume is strong. Uh, average days on market is is getting healthier and healthier. But like, if you still are too expensive, you're not gonna sell in a heartbeat. You know, this isn't right, right. Florida, um, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's still inventory, there's still options, and people are still trying to weigh lots of different things in their, their, their purchase process. But um, sellers, I think, b- believe that they are in a new normal for New York City. Um, and remember, a lot of these sellers that we're working with now are not selling to upgrade in Manhattan. A lot of them are selling to upgrade elsewhere. Um, and so that's a big difference compared to the last boom, let's say of 2012 to 2015, and the one previous to that of you know, 2002 to 2008, um, right. where people were upgrading in their own buildings, they were you know, buying the house across the street, they wanted to, it was New York, New York, New York, and that will come back and just you wait, your data is gonna be in ridiculous at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But right now it's a lot of selling because I'm just not coming back. It's a lot of, I'm going to Florida, or I'm going to Texas or or we're downsizing because I'm just not here right. all the time, you know, that type of stuff.
1: Interesting stuff. Let, let me ask you about, if I could go back to, um, you know, talking about negotiability a bit. Uh, you know, when we look, you, you talk about there's, at some pockets, there's just absolutely no inter- inventory and some there's, yep. you know, you can get what you want. Um, You know, when Noah asked about if we're at seller for 2015 prices, no, we're not quite there yet, but I'm curious what you're seeing in terms of negotiability. I mean, are sellers being able to get, if they're asking the right price, are they being able to keep all of it?
2: Um, Again, it completely depends on the market. I was trying to explain this yesterday to a group of brokers from Toronto, right? In Toronto, you have some hot pockets, but for the most part, if you're building or you're selling in Toronto, the market's strong. Right. Here... I do explain the difference between being on that corner and that corner. Like in being in that brand building versus being in the building next door. And they're like, what do you mean? It's yeah. the same block. Like in New York, no one cares. <laughs> it's about that individual vertical neighborhood or that individual property or that individual block. And it changes wildly. So like, for example... You know, we have a $2 million property on the market right now that will sell for a couple hundred thousand dollars less because it just started as a price way too high and it needs a little bit work. And it's still a six month timeline to get that deal done. We just put a house on the market in Brooklyn Heights for $6 million. Um, Pre-COVID, that house might be 5 million bucks. We put it for six. Mm -hmm. We have like six bids on it into the mid sixes now. And I thought we kind of overpriced. I know the market's strong for those houses, but you never know. It needs a full gut renovation. Like it hasn't been touched in 50 years. Um, uh, So again, it it depends on the marketplace. Look at the Upper East Side, look at the Naftali projects. Like who would have thought, right? That all of that high end, incredibly expensive luxury product on the Upper East Side would sell before anything was ever done. Um, Nuts. Pre-COVID, I would have been terrified. I've been like, Oh God, how am I going to sell these things on the Upper East Side? People just want to rent. I don't know. It's going to take forever. So there is negotiability where there is more product. There is no negotiability where there is less product. I mean, it's just pretty classic supply and demand. It just depends on what you want and where you want to be.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, every building trades like its own little market. Um, yeah. as you mentioned, every, every street could trade like its own little market, but every building really does trade in its own uh, intrinsically unique way. Um, let me just ask you, um, are, are you experiencing... Um, Difficulties, challenges in getting deals done today. I would imagine things are going quick because there's some urgency and pressure on the buy side. Yeah. But is that what? Are you seeing things fall apart? Are you seeing things thing seeing things drag out, et cetera, et cetera?
2: Again, it depends on every single deal. Um, the problems we have today are just different types of problems than what we had pre-COVID. Like we have a deal in the works right now; it's forty-five million dollars. The seller yesterday. Mondays are the worst, dude. The Mondays in this business are the worst. When people have the <laughs> weekend to think about stuff, um, tells his attorney, and the attorney sends an email um, that the seller had conversations with some friends and you know neighbors over the weekend, um, and has decided that forty five million is now uh, not a number he's comfortable selling at anymore. Um, if you are interested in proceeding, uh, you'll need to make a new offer for a higher price. This place, pre COVID. If you mentioned $45 million, you'd be like, what, what planet are you from? Um, so like, that's a new issue that I, I've never had to deal with in my career since 2008, right? I got into this business, the day Lehman filed for bankruptcy. Like I've never, I've never had to deal with getting a deal done at a massive price point And then the seller saying, "Meh," because they know, well, they
1: see, can wait the a thing, month, right? I mean, and time, time is the deal deal a little a bit right? stronger.
2: time is a deal killer, right? Time kills all deals. So we have, you know, we have those problems. We have bidding war problems now of like, how do I talk to a buyer and say, Hey, this is still a smart investment, but you're going to pay so much more above what the closest comp closed for three months ago, but it's all going to be okay. (laughs) Like, how do you, (laughs) the problem is I, we should have been having those conversations with buyers last year And we weren't really because we're like, I don't know. Is this a good deal? And now those houses are worth more than those people overpaid for. So now they didn't overpay, did they?
0: I mean, buy low, sell high sounds great, you know. But at the end of the day, when we think back at it, we know why is everyone buying low? It's the fear and the uncertainty there. No one wants to buy in that situation.
2: So, yeah, dude. Otherwise, everyone would buy the stock market when the stock market dips because everyone would know that it's going back up. And even though we know that that's what happens every time, we're still like, hmm a correction now i knew it was coming right yeah yeah bitcoin dude bitcoin's done i'll buy it when it hits thirty thousand. <laughs> see that's, right. why, that's
0: why that's 10 why 10 days manhattan, ago that's what we were all saying
2: like oh it's know, over now I it's a
0: 45, it's like 45 000, i missed 000. it again yeah, yeah but that's why manhattan is yet to price in all of those elements that's why we are in a early stages of a secular bull run all right wait wait till commercial gets back wait till ground floor retail really gets back wait till the farmers till get everyone back. comes wait back to the office. Yeah. yeah wait, wait till you wake up in that environment. Where are we going to be? And everyone's going to be like, ah, oh, it made so much sense back then. I'm like, you're still in it right now. You can still do it. There's still time.
2: It be- very much so. That's why I said, that's why I started this by saying this is the greatest time to be in this business because we're not at the peak. We're not at the bottom. We're in an active trading market right now. If you can buy something you love right now or like, yeah. you're getting a good deal. Are you gonna pay more time? money than you could have paid three months ago? Yeah, but are you getting it a better deal compared to where you would be in the future? hundred percent. You gotta think about it. Stop thinking about real estate property as this fixed asset, right? Where you're rolling the dice. It's like a stock price, you know? You might buy the stock today. It seems like it's at a high, but if the company does well and the company being New York City, yeah, then the stock price goes up, you know? A townhouse that we are just talking about isn't worth 6 million because of the, the lumber, or the millwork, like it's, it's worth 6 million because New York said it. So, you know, you're playing with the house's money here. Um, yeah. and, uh, you have to bet on the house, right. Location, 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 location. Um, and I think there's a lot that's upcoming. I think at the end of 2023, we are going to be talking about like nothing to purchase because so many people are yeah. still anxious yeah. to go into the ground, you know, new construction. Like, what do you do when there's nothing to buy? Then you start I completely thinking. agree. That's, that's the Miami yeah. Palm beach issue we have right now. You know, we do yeah. a significant amount of deals in South Florida. It's like, all right. So I have an amazing buyer, huge budget. What do I do with you? <laughs> like, what do I, yeah. where do I take you? Like, how do I, it's why there's so much off market. It's I mean, that's, that's all. Out we're, we're
0: in, time. we're in 2000, like 12, 13, 14, all over again right now.
2: Yeah. You know, it's early, it's early stages, early innings. And the only fear that I have is by the end of the 20s, do we repeat history from the 1920s? Are we in the roaring 20s? Is it going to lead to frothiness? Is the market yeah. going to collapse when people say, dude, maybe we shouldn't spend so much money on JPEGs. Like, is the market I mean- going to collapse when we say like, hey, the tech sector, maybe these companies aren't worth as much as- that, that, That's already happened. Right. That's
0: already, I mean, some of, those, some of those tech companies are down 60, 70, 80%. We've already seen some crazy destruction in yeah. that risk asset world but the indices are near all-time highs. Sorry, Johnny.
1: No, I was going to say, I completely agree with you. And I think there's a lot of, not only is there sort of uncertainty in real estate in in terms of whether or not people are holding on to today's prices, wondering whether or not it's going to be a good bet, but there's uncertainty in the broader financial markets. I mean, is the Fed going to raise? How many times are they going to raise? What's that going to do to asset prices? But, you know, if you just stop and zoom out for a bit, you know, the long-term trend is up generally speaking, had you bought 1929 in December you'd be sitting on a pretty good gain right about now, despite, you know, having cried your eyes out through the 30s, but <laughs> you
2: would be all right, you know. True, 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 yeah. true. Real estate well, is still still great.
0: Yeah, it, it always will be in this city. And in and time has proven, uh, uh, the city has proven time and again that that if you, if you buy when there's a lot of fear in the table, it, it turns out to be okay in the end. So this is just another example of that. Uh, Ryan, we're, we're getting towards the end here. I just have a couple of uh, final questions. Um, how, how is the use of media um, evolving when you, when you look ahead, how are, how is the use of media for agents, especially? Um,
2: yeah. Now? I mean, we, so I run uh, a real estate company uh, that's located and based here in New York city, named it after myself called Sir Hant. Um, And it is the first content to commerce real estate firm in existence. We have an in-house uh, media production company. That's currently 17 people and growing who are here to help create the brands and content production for all of our agents, all of our clients, all of our developers, and manufacture those stories across all platforms for organic lead generation. That's what it is. It's not for, just for entertainment. Think about like the power of the Kardashians versus, or Barstool Sports, for example, right? Those are content to commerce companies and no one's ever done it for real estate before. If you're in sales and you're not also in the media business, I don't know how you think you're going to grow in the future. Like, I just, like, I don't get it. Um, And we're building for 2030 that way. Like we have trainings every single day for TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, how to use that so that you can meet more people because COVID showed us sometimes it's hard to go meet people in person. So how else do you meet people? You create relationships through people's phones, right? Through their computers. Right. Um, and I think there's a lot that's going to happen in the future. That's great for our business. It's great for real estate. It's great for real estate investment. It's great for sellers and buyers and real estate agents alike.
0: Yeah. Don't be afraid of it. I mean, some of this stuff takes time and, and it takes, it takes months or years to refine your message and get that right. So, so start now, you know,
2: yeah, we also, I mean, we have a, a big education team here, um, a big education business um, called Sell It Like Surhant, And one of our courses that we put out, we put out a new course every quarter. Um, the most recent one was how to build a personal brand. It's like the ultimate brand building guide. It's six hours for, um, uh, for anyone in sales, anyone really in general, actually, but geared towards salespeople to teach them how to build their brand so that they know what type of content to create. Like your brand is your reputation and it all starts with your core identity. Like who are you at your core and what is that message going to be? That message is then, you know, the perception the world has of you. That perception, the minute you go away is then the reputation that you've now created for yourself as people talk about you behind your back and write about you and all that. And then that reputation is brand. And how can you create that, harness it and use it for your benefit to get more clients, to do more sales, to do more deals? Like you are the one who, what? What is that? Right? You are real estate, and what? What is that thing? Maybe it's cooking. Maybe it's dogs. Maybe it's kayaking. Right. Maybe it's bike riding. You you understand what your core identity is. Create content around it. Shout every success from the mountaintop. And every single person is a personal brand. You just don't know it yet.
1: Yeah, I love it. Leverage awesome awesome stuff. I mean, yeah. it, it's amazing. I think this has already been a masterclass. It's like a, a masterclass in a nutshell. It's it's awesome. But I mean, Ryan, is there any? Any final tips you want to leave us with for buyers, sellers, agents?
2: Um, I Yeah, I, it's, it's, I'm just excited to like be alive at this time. You know, I think we are, we are very, very, very lucky to be where we are in the world today to even to be listening to a podcast about New York city, real estate. Like that's like, shall count our lucky stars in a way. Um, but listen, the market is getting stronger. Um, uh, but it, but I don't know where it goes and how it goes. And so that's not to say that sellers, every seller should wait, right? If you're looking to sell and you want to go buy something else, like now is the time. Otherwise your purchase side might be way too expensive, even if you make a little bit more on the sell. And if you're thinking the market's going to correct and you don't want to buy today, then make sure you have a 10-year plan that involves you not owning real estate. Because we just don't know. And I think the current run could last a really, really long time because like you just said, Noah, like this might not be, like 1929 or 2008, where there's a massive correction on one day. Like the markets and the consumer base is pretty, pretty knowledgeable and pretty informed to the point where if they think something is oversold, they sell it off that day. And so it might just be a gradual correction as we go. And it's not going to be one big consumer confidence gut punch like everything else we've been through. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, everything's great. Buy real estate, sell real estate, flip real estate own it, live it, rent in it. Um, uh, it's all all great to be in the market right now.
0: There it is. I love it. Thank you, Ryan Serhant. I love, I love the, the thoughts of the market. I love how you again tell it how it is. Um, thank you for sharing your thoughts on what's going on in the streets of Manhattan real estate. That is John Walkup. I am Noah Rosenblatt. We're both from Urban Digs. This has been Talking Manhattan, and we'll catch you next time.